Point Community Church this morning, all the way from the bayou. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it doesn't feel like, but it's been just about six years that me and my family had, had, had packed up and moved and left this place uh, to go to Lake Arthur. And um, I tell you, it has been crazy six years. Uh, I, I, I look across here and I see a lot of uh, familiar faces. And uh, man, I tell you, everybody has grown up. I grew out a little bit, but you grew up a little bit. But that's what happens, they say, when you move south of I-10. Uh, you, you like the Cajun cooking and the Cajun food, and so, uh, but I like the North I-10 food just as well as I did the South I-10 food, so it's all good to me. But it's good to be here with you this morning. Jake, thank you for that worship, praise team, for that worship this morning. Uh, you had no clue. Uh, what I was bringing this morning. Uh, I had no clue what I was bringing this morning. Uh, but then when the Lord spoke, uh, it all come together because this morning I have a question that I want to ask you this morning. And I always begin with the question is how strong is your faith? How strong is your faith? And so through a time like this, through Everything that is going on, it's crazy. Uh, you know, as I was talking to Rodney Paul this morning, it's like, this is kind of the new normal. You know, we was at the mall and we walked around and, and everybody had on a face mask, uh, a few, maybe not, but most did. And, and it's like, man, you don't even, you, can't, you, you might pass somebody you know, but with that mask on, it's like, man, you don't really recognize them. So is this really the true normal that we're going to see from this moment on? And so it's all in how you're going to adapt to normal. Um, we are uh, crazy people sometimes, and we like it one way, and some like it another way, and we all clash together somewhere in the middle. And so we're just going to try our best to do our best in keeping others safe, and we're going to wear our mask and such. And so... It's good to be here. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. How strong is your faith? How strong is your faith? So I want us to look this morning at a story. Some of you may know this story. Um, but I want us to look at a story of a nobleman uh, that uh, had, a, had a sick son that needed help. And we're going to see what saved his son and we're going to see how strong his faith truly was. John chapter 4, we're going to start reading in verse 46. And we're going to read through that rest of the chapter there. If you have your Bibles with you, and you have them open to John 4, stand with me in the honor and the reverence of reading of God's Word this morning. Um, I, I am going to let you know this. I probably should have sent maybe a PowerPoint or something uh, to go along with uh, I'm, fixing to, I'm fixing to give you a lot of scriptures. Um, something that I love to do is I love to reference everything that I speak of with God's word. Because I don't want you to take me at my word. I want you to take God at his word. And so I believe it's important when you bring the word that you deliver all of the word. And so if you have a pen, paper, as Brother Bill said, if you got mascara, lipstick, you can write all this down this morning. But you're going to write a lot of verses down. I'm going to quote them. You don't have to turn to them. Uh, but I am going to quote them. But I want you to go back and I want you to see them for yourself that they line up with everything that I'm going to tell you this morning. 
How strong is your faith? God's word says this. So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee where he had made the water into wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he had heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said unto him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will, be, you will by no means believe. Well, the nobleman said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was that the same hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives. And he himself believed and the whole house believed. This again is the second sign Jesus did when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. Let's pray. Father, as we just take this moment and this time to come before your holy throne, Father, as we take and we break bread this morning, as we get into your word, Father, my prayer this morning is that your word pricks hearts. Lord, that we receive your word in such a way, Lord, that it, it just enlightens us, and, and Lord, that it flourishes and it, and it makes beauty, Lord, in our life. Lord, that we can live according to your will. Speak to me, for we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. So this morning, I'm going to speak quick. You listen quick. We get out of here quick, right? Well, we got to get out of here quick anyway because we're on a time frame. But we're going to get out of here quick. Well, of course, in our economy, the dollar is a medium, is, is the medium of exchange. But listen to this. But in the kingdom of heaven, faith is the medium of exchange. Matthew 9, 29 says, Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. Hebrews eleven six says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Not only do we need to possess faith, but we need for faith to possess us. We need a mighty faith because we serve a mighty God. You know, faith today is, is, is a lot of things. We put our faith in a lot of things. You know, right now, we're kind of putting our faith in these masks. Uh, that we, you know, these masks, these masks we wear is not going to give this virus to anyone else and, and, and vice versa. You know, some think that, you know, uh, by you wearing a mask, you're not going to get the, the virus. We put our faith in, in, in a lot of things. But I want us to notice three quick things this morning about faith and how strong our faith truly needs to be. First, I want to see, I want y'all to see the problem 
first of a superstitious, a superstitious faith. This man's faith was based upon signs and wonders. Just before this nobleman met Jesus, Jesus had just got through being at a, at a party, at a, at a, at a wedding, and, and we had just seen Jesus turn the water into wine. So this man knew that Jesus could perform miracles. So he was there seeing signs and wonders of what Jesus was doing at this time. So this man's faith was based upon signs and wonders. He depended on his five senses rather than upon the word of God. Jesus had, of course, performed that miracle there in Cana. Because of this, many people followed after him, seeking a miracle rather than seeking a Messiah. They, they, they took this moment in this time seeking out these miracles, these signs and wonders rather than truly seeking a Messiah. John chapter 2 verse 23 to 25 says, Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify of, of, of man, for he knew what was in man. He knew. He knew at that moment what man was about. It's just like us. A lot of people say, oh, I got faith, I, I got faith. But yet a lot of people have that see it to believe it, see it to believe it kind of faith. Well, I gotta see it in order for me to be able to believe it. We don't take the time to, to, to truly understand the fullness of what faith is. See, if we totally, truly, 100% put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, then everything else around us falls into the place of what God wants for our life. Jesus performed many signs and wonders as did the early apostles at that time. Well, the point of these miracles that, that Jesus was performing was at that time that they would believe in Jesus. That we would seek a savior rather than signs. Acts 2.22 says, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourself also know. 2 Corinthians 12, 12 says, Truly the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with all preservation in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. So we knew that Jesus did all these things so that these people would see who he was. So the question would arise, what is wrong with seeking a sign? Two things that I find that are wrong with seeking just signs. First, it dishonors God. First John 5:10 says, "He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself." 
He who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his son. Seeking just signs is dishonoring to God. I want you to think about this for a moment this morning. In everything that's going on in your life, you can remember those moments that you truly put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You can, you can remember those moments when you didn't care about anything else. You didn't seek the sign. You didn't seek the wonders. You didn't seek the blessing. All you sought out was Jesus Christ. All you sought out was what he was going to do in your life. So you remember that time when you was all in. You put all your faith and trust in him. And you seen what God could do. And yet we as humans, we always revert back to those signs and those things that are going on around us. God, send me a sign if you want me to do this. Lord, just if it's, if it's your will, just it pop up in front of me. Lord, if that's the person that you want me to talk to, send them my way. But yet when we seek God... We don't ask for a sign. He gives it to us, and he tells us exactly what we need to do with it. Seeking signs is a dishonor. It dishonors God. Second thing is it can be deceiving. Matthew 24, 24 says, For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to de uh, deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, let me tell you something. In a world today, there's no doubt, uh, uh, growing up uh, here in, in De Quincey, uh, and, and, and I talk about this a lot back home, people want to know, because I'm in a community, there's only four churches. Literally only four churches where, where I'm at. But I grew up in a community where there's 23, 24 churches within inside the city, 30-something right outside this community all together. So literally, there's a church on every corner. And it, it just, it amazes these people when I tell them that where I grew up, there was literally, a, there was no excuse in a town this big, there was no excuse of why you couldn't be in church. Literally, a church was in spitting distance of where you live probably. And so I tell them all the time, there's a church on every corner. But what the problem is, is this, is that people don't see church as what church should be saw as. People see church as a place, yes, of worship, as a place where a preacher comes and preaches, as a place where a worship team comes and they lead worship. And people put their faith in church. They, they get comfortable coming and sitting in pews at, at church with air conditioning going on, some pads. Man, it's pretty comfortable. People don't understand what the church truly is and what God orchestrated the church to become. People see church as a building. And man, they, they, they dice it up, they pretty it up, they, they, they make it look beautiful and, and attractive and people come in and people put their faith in, in church. 
Church is what's going to get them closer to God. Church is what's going to get them a little knowledge. Church is going to be a place where whenever things are bad going in my life, I go and man, I, I, I hear a preacher preach a good sermon. I walk down the aisle and I talk to him or I go to the altar and I pray and I feel better. Put their faith in church. It can be very deceiving. Jesus wants us to understand what church is. See, church ain't a building. God's word says that you are the church. You are called to be the church. Yeah, we know that the church is a, a bunch of bodies. We all have different things that we do. We all have different things that we're called to do inside the church. But let me tell you something. There will be a lot of people that, that, that close their eyes, take their last breath, and die and go to hell because they put their faith in church rather than putting their faith in Jesus Christ. See, it can be deceiving. Signs can be very deceiving. If you're coming to church so that you get that good feeling, and then you get that high and you leave church because you think church is what's going to get you going the rest of the week. You've come for the wrong reason. See, it's not about me going to church to see what I can get out of the church. If everybody would come with the mentality, I go to church to see what I can give the church. Then guess what? It would be busting at the seams. Well, I know some of them are not, not right now. It ain't busting at no seams because of the virus. Well, let me tell you something. When I say busting at the seams, I'm not talking about busting at the seams in this church building. I'm talking about busting at the seams as a church body. I grew up all my life going to church. Literally, all my life, I have been in church. There's not a moment in my life where I took a break from church that I decided I'm going to step away just for a little while or I'm going to go seeking a new church. I've never missed church. I go on vacation. We, we might miss a Sunday here or there in our lifetime. But literally, I grew up in church, a building, follow me. But it was not until I was older that I understood what the church was. And so when God began to call me at a young age and I finally realized what church was, I finally seen how long and how wide the deceiving had been in my life when it came to so-called church. What people are going to have to understand is when God calls us out, and we know and we realize that we have become the church. That this is a place that we can come and, and we can gather corporately. And we can fellowship and we can bounce off of one another. And we can uh, uh, love one another, encourage one another, and uplift one another through especially times like this. And, and that's just who we are. Our nature is that we love to gather. We love to fellowship. We love to eat. We, we love to, to get out there and have a good time. But yet it doesn't stop there. He says, go ye therefore. 
I believe what's happened today in, in today's time, and I believe this is why it's, it's been so hard for the churches today to, to gather to meet. The reason why it's been so difficult and, and the church pews are starting to not be so full because people are trying to keep their distance, I believe it's because we've come so accustomed to walking in a church building and, and getting that feel and leaving, and they say, oh, I, need, I have a desire to get back to the church. But see, if we would truly have become the church from the beginning, everything that has been going on wouldn't be difficult at all. Because we would have already been out. We'd have already been who we were supposed to be. We'd already be doing what God has called us out to do. Churches and people that seek signs can be very deceived. So we see first, we've seen the, the problem with a superstitious faith. But let's see the progression of a strong faith. This young nobleman here, of course, he was seeking signs and wonders. And as he was seeking signs and wonders, he finally understood who Jesus was. And his faith is what saved his son. He said, the nobleman said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his, uh, his way. He's seen here, or we see here, the faith that this man, the Bible says, so the man believed the word Jesus spoke. See, he heard the word of, of God. God gave him his word. <laughs> Go, your son lives. I, I thought about it just for a moment as, as, as I was going through it a few different times. And I was like, man, I wonder how Jesus kind of talked to this man. Like, was he kind of one of those like, Look, dude, for real. Man, just go. You made your sons. Man, go. Always like have that compassion like, hey, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Go ahead. Head on out of here. Because your son, he ain't dead. He's alive. Romans, he heard God's word. Listen to me. Faith is not receiving from God what you want. Faith is accepting from God what he gives. Faith is taking God at his word. Watch this. Romans 10, 14 and 17 says this. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Watch this, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It is crazy. All this time I thought faith was this. But I finally realized faith is accepting God for what he has given. 
When His Word says this, my faith is strong enough to believe this and to move forward with this. He believed the Word of God. Romans 14, 23 says, But he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Did, did you just say whatever's not of faith is sin? Think about it just for a moment. How much sinning have you been doing? You ever thought about that for a moment? How much sinning have I really been doing? If my faith isn't in his word and what he has desired for me to do, how much sinning have I been doing? Where's your faith been? How strong is your faith? Romans 16, 23 says, But now made manifest... And by the uh, prophetic scripture, prophetic scripture made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God. Watch this. For obedience to the faith. How obedient have you been to your faith? How strong is your faith? So not only did he believe the Word of God, but he rested in the Word of God. How many of you ever got there to that place where you truly rested in God's Word? I mean, to a place in your life and your walk with Him when you truly rested in His Word. Sometimes I can't rest in the Word. Man, just so much. When God says to be still and know that He is God, That's resting in his word. Now, for me, I, you know, I'm a 90 to nothing kind of guy. I, I don't know. I've never been diagnosed with ADD or ADHD in my life. Never seen a doctor about it. I don't have a doctor. So I have no idea if that even exists in my life. But some of you are like, yeah, I know you. Yes, you have ADHD. I get that. I'm a 90 to nothing kind of guy. But since God has called me, especially in ministry, he has shown me a few things when it comes to resting in his word. Me, I want to know it all, get it all. It's just like I'm, I've done gave you, I can't tell you how many scriptures I've done quoted to you. And I have a ton more. Why? Because I want every little bitty piece I can possibly get that is going to reveal and help me understand the truth about his word. So that not only do I hear his word, that now I can truly understand how to rest in his word. It wasn't but a while back uh, I was there sitting at the office at my desk. And I very rarely uh, uh, sit at my desk uh, because I'm 90 to nothing. I have to be doing something. My wife gets on me all the time. And um, but there's days that I, I, I take more time than others. But uh, the only time I'm really sitting behind my desk is study days. When I'm doing studying, when I'm out, when I'm not in school, I'm trying my best not to be behind my desk because it confines me to that one spot. But then God showed me how to rest in his word. He would give me a word and then he would let me take and take that time to meditate on his word. So I understood what it was to rest in his word. You can write down Psalms 37, 
5 through 7 if you want. And Isaiah 28, 16. Two verses to go along with resting in the Word of God. So we've seen the superstitious faith. We've seen the progression of strong faith. But last time we see the provision of saving faith. All of the miracles of Jesus pointed to a greater miracle, which is the new birth. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Matthew 9.12 says, When Jesus heard that, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick are in desperate need of the great physician. Here, this man's son was sick. He was on his deathbed. He was in need of not a sign, of not wonders. He didn't need Jesus to turn water into wine or Jesus to turn the water, uh, Jesus to turn the water, I mean, to turn the wine back into water to get him back home. He needed his son to be alive. He needed to be able to go home to a living, breathing body. He needed a miracle. Listen to this. What good is a miracle if we never surrender to the Lordship of Christ and receive salvation? If you at any point in your time, at any point in your time, any point in your life have ever called on Jesus to be your Savior and received Jesus as your Savior, just as Jesus performed a miracle whenever this man believed and at the moment he believed his son was alive. If you've ever called on the name of Jesus to be your Savior, just as Jesus saved this young man's life and performed that miracle is the same miracle that he performed in you. The moment that you believed, the moment that you admitted to, to yourself that you was a sinner, the moment that you believed, the moment you confessed, the moment you called on the name of Jesus, a miracle happened in your life. What signs and wonders have you looked for? What good is it to be healed if we eventually die without Jesus. Jesus is still performing miracles today. I've seen it with my own eyes. I have seen people that have been diagnosed with the worst of worst. I've seen believers band themselves together in prayer. And I've seen Jesus raise them and heal them from that illness. I've seen it with my own two eyes. I believe in the power of prayer. 
I believe in the power of prayer in numbers. I believe that Jesus will do exactly what he says he will do. Christ will, will intervene for us. So the question lies today, how strong is your faith? How strong is your faith today? See, this man, he, he, had, he, had, he, he was there for one reason, and finally he understood in another way. He finally seen what faith could truly do as he went back home and as he met his servants. And I mean, this, he, wasn't an, he wasn't a dumb guy. He asked the question, at, at, at what hour, just curious, what hour did, did my son, uh, 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 was he alive? Was he healed? Well, at the seventh hour. Isn't it amazing? At the same exact time that Jesus said, go your way, your son lives. That your son, his fever broke, and then there he was. He was healed. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Too many times in our life we think God's going to deliver, God's going to go through, and, and yet we, we think because we, we, we believe that, that His Word says that He will do this and, and, and our focus is in on that, but yet we don't ask Him to do it. See, His desire is for you to open your heart and your mouth and for you to ask. Oh, Jesus, God, He, he can read minds. He can read my mind. He knows my thoughts. He knows everything that I do. He does. But the only way we're going to know what faith truly is is if we put action to what we believe. We have to say this is what we want. Well, some will say, well, I ask all the time. He don't give it to me. Well, here's, the, here's where you need to stop and think for a moment. How are you asking? How are you asking? Are you asking or are you demanding? There's a difference. Are you asking of what God can do or are you demanding what you think you should do? So I've seen God perform even a miracle in myself. An old song, old hymn went like this. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the water lifted me. Now safe am I. Love lifted me. I finally understood what strong faith was. And I began to put all of my faith and trust in Him. And He began to lead me and guide me and guard me through this old life. Now, I know everybody lives different lives and does different things, has different jobs, expectations, 
But one thing we should all have in common is the faith that we all put in the same Savior each and every day. Nothing changes about that. Even though that there's all these churches on every corner, one thing that every church should have in common is they serve the same Savior. How strong is your faith? With your heads bowed and your eyes closed this morning. I want you just to think just for a moment. Just for a moment. How strong has my faith been? I mean, has my faith been in all these other things and have I done all these other things in vain? Have I lived my life in such a way that really my faith hadn't been that strong? Because if it ain't faith, it's sin. So then I have to think, well, how much sin? <laughs> Does God hear your cry this morning? How strong is your faith? Father, as we come to a close this morning. As we've opened your word, as we've seen what this man needed. But Father, as we've seen what this man had received. Father, it's the same with me. Lord, how strong is my faith? Lord, is my faith the size of a grain of mustard seed? Will my faith move mountains? Lord, is my faith a see it to believe it kind of faith? Father, all I want is you. At a time like this, all I need is you. Show me through your word each and every day how strong my faith truly is. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to be able to come into this church, this building, and share your word. Lord, I pray that it's pricked hearts. Lord, as your word changes lives, I give you this moment, this opportunity, in Jesus' name, amen. Brother Jake. Church, can we praise God?